Welcome to The Wrong Side, the podcast where we talk about the latest happenings in pop culture to help make sure you never find yourself on the wrong side of history. This week, we'll be talking about the peaceful transfer of power between old and new bachelorettes Claire and Tasha, the Gossip Girl reboot, and the Balloon Girl drama on TikTok. Let's discuss. Getting into the Pilgrim vibes. <laughs> I had no idea what you were going to say. I thought we were going to open this more as like, we're back, but I like Pilgrim vibes. Uh, I'm only thinking about Turkey. I know. I honestly, I'm a little bummed that Thanksgiving is so late this year because I, I just, I want the holidays to get here already because that'll ensure a, some time to relax for everybody, and B, it'll signal an end to 2020. So I need this, I need these next couple months to warp speed. Yeah, but what do you mean that Thanksgiving will be late? Like, it's so late in November. Like, I want it to be here already, you know? Like, sometimes it's earlier in November. (laughs) I don't really know what you mean about Thanksgiving being late, because it's always on the last Thursday of the month. I, I thought it wasn't. No, it is. Wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh, shoot. Wait, I'm, I'm Googling when was... Okay. Like the earliest a Thanksgiving could be is the 24th. Okay, but actually, in 2018, Thanksgiving <laughs> was <laughs> November 22nd. Okay. Well, all right, I guess... All right, I'm being dramatic. I guess something about this year is just like... I mean, everything about this year is hitting different, but do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you've seen the tweets, how everybody, and even TikToks of people being like, daylight savings happens every year, so why is everyone like freaking out extra this year? But you know what I mean? No, no, I get you. I mean, I do, I just want the holidays, it's like I want the holidays to be here, but then I also want them to be over, so I understand and I want them to be over because I want 2020 to be over, but that's kind of yeah. stupid. Like, I know once December's over, I'm going to fall into an even deeper depression than I'm in yeah. currently. And that's not going to be there. So. Anyways, what's your favorite Thanksgiving side dish? <laughs> I could tell. I could tell that Audrey was getting in the, in the holiday spirit when I saw that she put this as the question of the day. My favorite side dish is uh, stuffing. And I know that's really basic of me, but hear me out. When else do you eat stuffing? Never. It comes one time a year, baby. Soak it all up. Is there anything special about your stuffing? I should know this, but I don't. Uh, Because I think every Thanksgiving, I'm like, oh, let me help cook. And then I don't. Yeah. Um, But I think this is going to be my year to do that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, mine's also stuffing for the exact same reasons. Thanksgiving is actually my favorite holiday. I don't know if you know that about me. Um, really? Fun fact. Yep. Fun Wait, fact. Actually, why? Fun fact. Because Christmas has so much pressure. And like, I, okay, so as a kid, Christmas felt not as equal in the family because like, I couldn't really, as a child, you know, buy gifts. So, like, like Thanksgiving is, like, the same exact vibe as Christmas, at least when I was growing up. Like, it was, we we made a turkey on Thanksgiving, and we made a turkey on Christmas. So, it was, like, the same, and the only difference was that there were presents and a tree. And there's just something fun. Like, 
about the fall vibes. It's like not fully winter yet. So like, cause in Spokane, you know, like the fall is gorgeous and the winter is very cool tones and dark. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I think it's just something about like being with family and cute shit like that. So. Wow. That's really wholesome. I, I, I 100%, I mean, Christmas is by far my favorite. However, I do agree with you on the whole imbalance because I remember growing up and like, getting all these wonderful gifts from my parents and then being like hi here's a bath and body works candle like i'm so sorry but um oh oh to answer my own question that i asked myself um (laughs) the special thing about my mom's stuffing is that she puts like italian sausage in it (gasps) and then she puts cranberries in it and it's literally like the best food my actually my exact favorite food also is a turkey sandwich with stuffing and cranberry sauce I remember that because when we lived together Trader Joe's came out with the the cranberries yeah I remember that my actual no like I'm living with James you know and his dad the other day made a smoked turkey and just to try it out because they're gonna smoke a turkey for Thanksgiving and so we had a turkey and then his mom just made like box stuffing and we had smoked turkey on you know, like delicious French roll with homemade cranberry sauce. And I was in just heaven. And I was like literally dying, eating my sandwich, being like, holy fuck, that's so fucking good. I'm so fucking happy. And they're like, is she okay? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm really good. <laughs> like I'm a little too good right now. I, for, for some reason, and I don't mean this as an insult, I thought your favorite side was going to be green bean casserole. That's really fucked up of you to say. <laughs> I know. I don't even, I've never been, we don't usually have, we usually have green beans with like bacon. We don't do a casserole. Yeah, like personally, I'm triggered by green bean casserole. I think it's disgusting. And <laughs> I just thought that you were going to say I'm, that. And I, I thought it was going to cause an argument. So I'm glad that we were in agreement. That's kind of like indicative of our relationship. Like you walk into situations like trying to fight before you even know what's going on. And maybe that's something <laughs> you should work on. <laughs> All right, well, oh no, you're frozen. Oh no, she dropped off. <laughs> All right, lucky for you guys, uh, you do not have to witness the five minute break that Audrey and I just had to take because I tried to move rooms uh, and then I tripped walking up the stairs and threw my laptop onto the ground and it <laughs> uh, stopped our meeting. Um, but we are back, so that's what editing is for. Glad to be here. So to nobody's surprise, we are going to jump right into The Bachelorette, because this week was an iconic week. We got to witness the peaceful transfer of power between Claire and Tasha. Thank God we had at least one of those this week. Government could never. We are just so grateful to have Claire out of this show, out of this discussion, sort of. Unfortunately, she's not fully gone, but Tasha made her entrance like the queen that she is. She started her journey, you know, met the guys that we like to call the leftovers. Uh, she does get to meet four new men and then ends up giving Spencer, who is a water treatment engineer from California, the first impression rose. And quick sidebar on this, that was 100% at request of the producers. I don't know why, but there is oh. nothing to him. No, there's not. And I, I'm confused because she seemed like the words she was saying seemed like she was expressing interest, but she didn't actually seem interested. And I can tell you the exact 
situation in which I could tell she actually thought he was gross was when they were doing the fucking basketball in the pool thing and he was getting all <laughs> elbowy and then that other guy I don't remember his name but he like elbowed him in the face and then the Spencer was bleeding out of his mouth which is like disgusting like who bleeds in a pool <laughs> <laughs> and then Tasha like comes up to him and instead of being like oh poor baby she goes you're getting a little aggressive out there and like you can just tell she was disgusted and so I think that's why that's why I think that you're right that it was totally producer move and he's probably gonna be you know suspicious in some way although T I have a friend who DM'd us and told us that she actually like knows him through the grapevine I won't divulge my sources but if we get any tea that we can share Based off of what she said, it sounds like he's just a frat bro, 30-year-old frat bro trying to, like... <laughs> You'll love to see it. you love to see it. So, <laughs> boring. I don't really want to spend that much time thinking about him because he's irrelevant. I can already tell. Yeah, but I'm just confused why they picked him to be the first impression, Rose. I don't know. Maybe there's some tea. The producers are pretty smart. But anyway... So just as we're getting started on Tasha's journey, we're super excited. We're getting pumped for all the dates. Then they cut to Claire and Dale and for like 30 minutes okay I thought this was going to be a quick like two minute update like leading in a commercial break so I was fine with that they wasted everyone's time okay Emily you're being on the wrong side no I'm not no you you are I don't know tell me tell me why I'm going through a moment and I've been doing, I'm trying to stick up for Claire, like. Oh my God, we've got a Claire stan over here. No, I'm really not a Claire stan. Like, I know that I wouldn't necessarily enjoy her. Would I choose to be her friend? No. But like, did she, you know, commit a crime? No. And I, I have to say, so I, I was watching, I actually watched the episode a day later. And so I was definitely coming at it with a lens of already knowing that people were mad, you know, that she was on screen. I bet if I had been watching live, I'd been like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, we already, we already, like, 20 minutes into Tasha's episode. Like, let's leave the past in the past. So I get it. I get it. But I just get this feeling. So, like, there's part of me that's like, Dale needs help. Like, blink twice, you know, if you need help. But then there's the other part of me that's like, okay, nobody, nobody is cut out to get on TV and come off like the perfect couple, obviously it's quite obvious that they're not on the same page. Like if anything, like her making that baby's comment was like such an indicator that they're not on the same page. Like, because he ran right over it. But maybe he's just like, maybe it's not that they're not on the same page about having babies. Maybe he's like, we don't need to prove shit to anybody. Like, let's Mm -hmm. just do this on our own. Like you, you can, tell the bachelor people that we didn't talk before because we didn't but like I don't feel like I need to prove myself to millions of people who are shitting on me day in and day out I'm just saying that's like a perspective that I have now she's annoying and it's hilarious to make fun of her but Claire if you're listening I think you're a good person you know like I don't think you did anything wrong and like I said, I just, I think you're not very good for television and that's not personal. Um, whereas Tasha is like incredible. She's made for TV. Yeah. She is really good and she know she understands how this show works. And so if anything, like being good for The Bachelorette just means like you're susceptible to manipulation, you know? So like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like okay, 
you here's here's my argument why i think it was such a waste of our time because they didn't cover anything that we didn't already know everything that chris was asking them like did you guys talk before the show and then of course you know she swore on her father's grave for the second time but they didn't we already knew that and then like he was asking them you know what's in store and blah 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 but like we got that little recap at the end of last episode no yeah no it it definitely didn't make sense but like if you want to be mad like be mad at bachelor like be mad at the editors you know it's just like all of that hatred goes to claire and it's like it wasn't her decision you know what i mean like give her a fucking break i think it would have been a little less controversial if uh if she hadn't done the baby's god <laughs> oh my god no that was so funny like that made it all worth it that was one of the best parts of the entire episode her also pacing around the pool that was a lot to take in it was so much and also like i watched her on it was i forget there's so many fucking bachelor pods but it's the one with rachel Lindsay, and becca kufrin and they were interviewing her and dale and kind of asking all of the like tough questions it was an interesting interview and you know it just kind of reinforced like dale and Dale and Claire, both of them aren't really the kind of people that I would particularly want to hang out with just because of the energy that they exude. But maybe that means that they're good for each other because I got bad vibes from Dale too. I don't know. Just bad bad vibes in terms of like, not like, oh, he's a bad manipulative evil person. Just like, oh, I don't, I don't vibe with your vibe. No, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. I was caught in the moment, not feeling it, didn't want to see them again. And I don't think, again, yeah, it's not her fault. It's the producer's fault. We've already established they're on the wrong side. But I just want her to only be included for a few minutes at a time. I think it is so (laughs) overdoing it when there's like a 20 to 30 minute segment on them. Like we don't care that much. So as long as the producers could maybe implement like a nice three minute time cap, then I'm all for it. No, no, you're right. Like it was really random. I don't understand the timing. I don't understand... Why didn't they put that at the beginning or the end of the episode? Like, why did they put it right in the middle? It was so odd. I don't know. Dude, they totally put it in the middle of the episode. That way we had to watch it. If they would have put it at the beginning or the ending, people would have said, okay, I guess it's time to go do my laundry. Or like, I guess I'll just turn this off right now. (laughs) That's a good point, actually. Yeah. So anyway, that took up way too much of the episode. Back to Tasha. The men, <laughs> thank God. Literally to took, up, took up the middle of our episode just as much as it took up the middle of theirs. <laughs> so, in back in Tasha's world, the men went on a group date where they played water basketball in Speedos, and Yosef was quaking. Um, <laughs> and there was a lot of just physical fighting and tension and toxic masculinity, and it was just gross. Like, we someone give Chris Harrison a raise for having to deal with this. No, I don't know if you've ever been on the um, side of TikTok where the person will be like, oh, type in the comments what gives you the ick. And then it's like all of these comments about like what men do that are, make you disgusting, make you never yes. want to touch them or look them again. And that was just like a giant like 15 minutes of ick, like the jumping, the the walking with the basketball because they're in a pool and they can't dribble the basketball. So slow um the the physical tension the speedos no there was nothing cute about it and I honestly felt guilty for Tasha because I was like wow what a great way for her to feel just disgusted by everybody just dry as a desert there was no one that looked good <laughs> in that pool there was not a single person that I was like oh wow like no it was horrible and wasn't the score like three to two like it wasn't even a game and the fact that they started, like, with a little pool party 
first, I was like, oh, it's a 12th birthday party. At that point, I was a little nervous, like, oh, God, it's, this episode was supposed to be perfect, and it's, like, going off the deep end, but then at the end of the episode, we had a one-on-one between her and Brendan, and it was just a really wholesome date. It was a little bit boring, I will say, just because yeah. they didn't really do anything, mm-hmm. but no, I checked you. I checked all the way out during that. Yeah, like, it was a little, it was a little long, but it's cute because they're both divorced. (laughs) Very cute, yep. Mm -hmm. We love divorce, and, but what I loved about him was that you can tell he genuinely is, you know, he's not one of those guys that's like, I'm not like the other guys. Like, he really isn't like the other guys, you know? He is just very wholesome and thoughtful, and I loved that when he was talking about his ex-wife, it was in a very respectful way, and they just seemed to really connect with each other, and I am absolutely all aboard the Brendan train. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. What Audrey (laughs) said. We're all aboard the train. You put your fist up in the air, and you are about to do a chew, and I I took it out of your mouth. (laughs) So yeah, we, it'll be interesting to see what the season brings. Basically, Tasha's already doing a better job than Claire. Sorry to shit on her again, but no, I'm excited is. to see what happens. I think the guys, oh, we didn't even talk about Jason. Oh yeah, let's talk about Jason super quick because he's precious. Yeah, first of all, Jason better be brought back for Bachelor in Paradise or The Bachelor. I'd be down. Oh, Bachelor in Paradise? Oh my God, are you kidding? Yeah, I always forget that that's a show and he would be for it. Yeah, he's perfect for that. I was laughing because when Chris Harrison first proposed to the guys like, hey, you can stay or if you think you can't, you know, put your heart out there for this new bachelorette, totally feel free to leave. And everybody was like, okay, like, how do I feel? Of course, you're all gonna stay. Like, none of you had a connection with Claire and you all just want to be famous. I was not shocked at all that nobody left. And then when he left, I was like, of course you're leaving, Jason. Because you're the only good one. He was there for the right reasons, bro. He was probably the only person in Bachelor history in during the times of Gen Z and millennials that was there for the right reason. And I, my hat's off to you, sir. I hope to see you in paradise. I think him and Taisha would have been amazing together, but, you know, right person, wrong time. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of sad, though, to think that, like, he went on one one-on-one with, one one-on-one, <laughs> one one-on-one with Claire, and, like, they did that whole open up to your heart thing, and then he yeah. fucking fell in love, and I'm like, oh, baby. No. Just- I hope he goes to therapy and then goes to Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, he can do that. That's good. Yeah. Alrighty, well, I think that recaps it for Bachelorette, yes? Yeah. Next, we want to talk about the Gossip Girl reboot. Now, press photos were just released this week announcing a reboot of the iconic Gossip Girl series, and we have so many thoughts. So, during the Vulture Festival in November 2019, writer and producer Joshua Safran opened up about the reboot and said, there was not a lot of representation the first time around on the show. I was the only gay writer, and I think the entire time I was there. Even when I went to private school in New York in the 90s, the school didn't necessarily reflect what was on Gossip Girl. So this time uh, around, the leads are non-white. There's a lot of queer content on this show. It is very much dealing with the way the world looks now, where wealth and privilege come from, and how you handle that. You know, before we get into, because there's a couple specific notes I want to talk about, but before we get into anything, I just want to hear 
Emily, what were your initial thoughts when you heard about this? And had you heard about it before? This was the first I was hearing of it once they released these photos of the cast in their full costume and you could see exactly who was the Dan and Chuck and Serena lookalike. But yeah, tell me how you reacted when you heard this news. So I had seen something about it like a while back, but I thought it would just never actually come to life because of the reaction that it got. I wasn't happy. And I can get more into that later just because the original Gossip Girl means so much to me. And it's just one of those shows where any sort of a reboot isn't necessary and nobody wants it because we're still binging the current Gossip Girl and it had a good ending. Everything came to a close. We don't need any more information. You know, if, if there was something missing or I can't even think of another reason to reboot the show. You can't talk about that. What? Capitalism. Hey, it all comes back to must be the money. (laughs) Nobody can think of anything original anymore. Here's my thing though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, originality, that's an issue. Let's look at Sex in the City. Remember when they tried to come out with what was it, the Carrie Diaries? Diaries, yeah. No. There's something so like, okay, the gossip, and I agree with you completely. And I will say, you know, this is going to be, you know, I'm not going to knock it down before we watch it. You know, maybe it'll be good and gossip. Well, okay, yeah, you know what? I am. I am. But I am definitely excited to see, like, the representation of the cast and, like, to hear that there's going to be a lot more queer representation, queer content. It's going to be more realistic and, like, whatever. And I'm happy for that. Like, I think if they can pull that off in a way that's, like, engaging and not, you know, like, all of the newer shows and movies that it's it's almost hard for movies and shows to be realistic because so much of life exists online and it's really hard to portray that in a movie or in a show and that's something like looking back at Gossip Girl it's like it still feels modern in that it's all based off of a website and this person who sends text blasts everywhere and they're all, you know, they have their phones and they're texting and that's how they communicate and they snap a pic with their razor and they send it to Gossip Girl and whatever. But, like, it's realistic in in the sense that that's the extent of, like, their social presence online. And yeah. so it's almost like a time capsule because it's, like, you know, it's exists in a time where cell phones exist, but it's before social media completely popped off. And... It's one of those just perfect fucking shows. Like Gossip Girl to me is one of the most perfect shows and I could watch it over and over and over again. I think it's so well written. Like every single episode is, what the fuck do you call it? A cliffhanger, makes you want to binge the whole damn thing. It's just amazing and they they pulled something off. Also, I have to say their, their soundtrack, second to none. Unmatched. 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 And just to prove my dedication to the show, I want to share a little story with you all that when I was like probably, I don't know, 10, 11, like preteen, basically, I would always get Barnes and Noble gift cards for my birthday and for Christmas. And I'd buy books because I love to read and my family loves to read. But then when Gossip Girl came out, I would use those gift cards to buy Gossip Girl DVDs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it really uh, disappointed my dad, but that's okay. And I just wanted to share that because Audrey asked me before this episode if I was a Gossip Girl fan. And I was like, I, my life was changed by that show. It was a cultural reset. I don't even know why. I think it might, maybe my older sister watched it because it was a little bit 
older than me. I think it came out in like 2008 or something, maybe something in that time frame. And, but I do remember like getting to a point where I would watch <gasps> it. What? 2007. Wow. Good for me, dude. I'm an icon <gasps> for that. So that means I was like 10 years old when it first started. So I definitely was my sister. It was, would have been way too old for me. I mean, it was way too old for me, but I was still watching it. <laughs> I didn't realize how much I, like, I grew up with it because of my sister, but I didn't realize how much I loved it until I rewatched it this summer on Netflix, now that it's on Netflix. Dude, if you haven't seen Gossip Girl, I just highly encourage you. The first season is a work of art, and I feel like I'm hyping it up, and then you're going to be like, you're going to watch it and be like, okay, I'm bored, but I think it's amazing, especially if you watch it all the way through. You have to, and, like, watching old shows and movies is usually kind of a a dangerous experience because it can either be really cringe or just as good as you remember it. And Gossip Girl finds that in between. <laughs> because it really does. yes, it has its cringe moments, obviously, but it's iconically cringe. Yeah. So it works and it, it gives you the exact same feelings that you had when you first watched it. A hundred percent. Who is your favorite character? Oh dude, that's such a hard question. Cause they're actually all horrible. <laughs> I know. Like, that's part of why it's funny. I mean, God, do you know? Do you have an answer? Okay, I have I have a question that we should answer. Uh, two questions. Who is your favorite character and who did you have the biggest crush on, past and present? Okay, so favorite character. I'm just, I have to, like, give explanation as to why once we say it, though. Okay. Three, two, one. Blair. Serena. Okay, actually, like, I was about to say Serena, and then I said, you know what, no, Blair, because Blair's, like, so funny, and such a good actress, and Serena just bops around and goes, I have to go, like, every 10 minutes. Serena was my favorite because I wanted to be Blake Lively more than anything. Between Gossip Girl and The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, I was like, how can I become this woman? But now, my favorite is Blair. I would agree, and... Serena, they're all shitty. Like, Blair, there was a time when I watched, because I've rewatched it maybe six or seven times now, too. And when I rewatched it a couple seasons ago, I was like, no, Blair is toxic. Like, she is horrible. But now it's just like, she just had some learning to do. Now you respect her more. Yeah, like, I hated on her too much. I understand. Like, I don't want to pick Serena now because I understand how Blair felt, like, overshadowed by Serena and their entire friendship. And Literally, the only reason I like Serena is because she's, like, pretty and independent, and that's yep. stupid. So, who Anyways. did you have the biggest crush on? In, back then? As a 10-year-old. Three, two, one. Nate. Dan. Ew, you're a Dan? guy. Disgusting. Dan? Yeah. No! Oh my god, Nate was a king! Dude, I was obsessed with him, and when he and Jenny kissed... I remember that moment. I It's forever cemented in my memory when they kissed outside that apartment. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the song. It's like forever ingrained in my head. Obviously, it's not. Oh, in your head. To set the dark on fire. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, I didn't. I never liked Nate because he was too much of like a pretty boy for me. Yeah, I loved that. And Dan was like humble, you know. But now, what is it? Three, two, one. Chuck. Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> I figured, I figured, and I feel the same way. You don't even have to explain, because I get it. Yeah, everybody knows. Yeah. Well, anyways, I'm excited to watch it, and 
I mean, I'm going to watch it for the good vibes. I just hope that they do something different with it. Like, if they try to recreate Gossip Girl, it will be a flop because you can't recreate something so historic and iconic. But you can take something and, you know, build off of it and make it something, you know, modernized and different. And I hope that's what they do. And obviously, I mean, we're going to see that with the plot points. Like, the plot of Gigi OG was not, you know, there was little to no diversity. It was just white, rich kid probs. And so you know, there was a little bit of, like, Eric coming out sprinkled in and, like, stuff like that, but it really wasn't very sufficient, so I definitely have an opportunity there, but I just hope that they don't, like, I kind of hope that they pretend that social media isn't as much of a thing, but I don't think they're going to. No, and here's my thing. I think I might have been a little aggressive in my opening remarks, so I'm sorry if that was a little too much, but I agree with you. I'm happy happy is a strong word. I'm excited to see what they create because am I all here for the diversity and a dip, like a more realistic look at how the world actually is? Yeah, good for them. I'm excited that they're revamping that part of it, but I completely agree with if they try to make it too much like the OG Gossip Girl, it's going to be horrendous. There's going to have to be a twist of some yeah. sort. It's going to, and I, and I actually mean that even in like the like art direction and the set design and the costume like all of that shit like I don't want to see a copy paste of Gossip Girl I want to see it elevated I want to see like more vibrant I want to see I don't know like I don't want to see some shit that people wouldn't actually be wearing in New York like I, I don't know I want it to be good so we'll see if they incorporate TikToks I'm out They won't, but I have a feeling, I mean, Instagram, obviously, that's the thing that sucks about all this new fucking entertainment is it has to include social media and we can take a big part of our life. Me, 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 me. (laughs) That's why I loved the Queen's Gambit, which you hated. And Emily, that's why Emily in Paris is a flop. Because it's about a fucking influencer getting likes. Oh, yeah, I agree. That's why the Queen's Gambit is so good, because it's about chess in the 1960s. Dude, Emily, I wanted to give Queen's Gambit a chance, and I watched it, and I was bored. I don't understand. Television these days is just horrifying. No, for everyone listening, go watch the Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Audrey is on the wrong side for that opinion. It is a wonderful show and so addicting. It's only seven episodes, and it's wonderfully produced. Yeah, and I disagree, but whatever. (laughs) <laughs> wait one one last question on gossip girl before i move on oh yeah who is gossip girl going to be okay so my theory on this because they did release that Kristen bell is still going to be the voice of gossip girl so my theory is that she's just going to like narrate the way that she does in this the current seasons but that she's going to be less of a character like it doesn't matter who gossip girl is like it's just gonna be either it's gonna be like a website that kind of is like the page six of new york socialites because that's really what it was like mm-hmm. in back in the og one too it's like just specifically for this like age group of kids in like upper east side manhattan or whatever so yeah i don't think it's the I am predicting that there's not going to be a focus on, like, who's the new gossip girl, but that it's going to be something that at this point, like, in 2020, you know, 15 years after they started or whatever, it's going to be just, like, ingrained into, like, the culture of New York socialites in this, like, fictional time. Okay. 
I like that. I would I would appreciate that if there is no Gossip Girl. What's your prediction? What do you think? I actually, I, my thinking was that it would just be one of like Blair's little minions and that it would be sort of like a new character because I don't think they could put it on a main character like Serena or Blair or Chuck or Nate. I thought they would have to sort of create a new character for that. But after hearing your thoughts, I agree with what you say. Because I'm thinking of it like How I Met Your Mother. Like How I Met Your Mother, obviously it's about like these five friends or whatever and yes, it's about how these kids, like, or how the dad meets their mother, and the entire, entire series is leading up to the progression of meeting their mother, so, so is Gossip Girl, like, there's all this stuff happening in every episode and every season, but, like, at the very end, we're, like, could they be Gossip Girl, could they be Gossip Girl, so it's, like, I don't think it would bode very well for them to try to do that again. You did that the first time around, you know what I mean? You did this for what? Exactly. I hope they don't. I really think it would be a mistake, but maybe they're, maybe, I mean, maybe they're smarter than me. Like, they're probably making more money than me. They're probably done, you know, have more experience in this field than me, so maybe they can pull it off in a way that is successful and good. But the but so do the Bachelor producers, and they don't. But here's the problem about this, which goes back to my very initial point of why we were disappointed when we first heard about Gossip Girl, and that is when you ride off the coattails of a franchise that already exists, you don't have to do it as good the second time because people, you know, people are going to watch. There's less stakes. Like Frozen 2. Wow. Absolutely one of the worst storytelling situations I've ever seen in my entire life. But yet, it was actually probably more popular than Frozen 1. And actually, it has better music, so I will give it that. But in terms of a plot, Emily's like, has her face in her hands. I'm like, I'm sorry. What? I did not. I really was vibing with your train of thought. I was like, yeah, I agree. And then I did not expect you to come for Frozen 2 of all the options. Like, why did you have to come for Elsa? Like, no, like, I have a, I have a real actual problem with the way that Frozen 2 was written. And, you know, that's a conversation for a different day. <laughs> but, like, they did not fucking answer the question of where the north wind meets the sea, there's a river full of memory. Okay, well, what was the river? <laughs> and what what was the memory? Like, was it her mom? Like, I don't fucking know. Ooh. Don't even, I just can't, like, I'm gonna, like. Oh my god, I'm literally in tears. I had no idea that you, this was, like, bubbling up inside of you. No, it's something that haunts me every day, truly. And especially, and like I said, coming off of the backs of Frozen 1, Frozen 1 was fucking iconic. Oh my god. never, ever see a story like Frozen 1 again. And then Frozen 2, they just said, fuck it. (laughs) They said, put a blank page, the kids will never notice. And I said, but the children love the books. if someone clicked on our podcast and was just like oh let's like see how they sound like and fast forwarded this part of it you're like how the hell did I get here I am extremely passionate about this I could go on for days <sighs> fuck I need some water after that we need I think we might need to dedicate on like another slow news week maybe we can just cover frozen <laughs> we can and I can tell you why Evan Rachel Wood is on the right side and everybody else is on the wrong side. When it comes I don't even know who that is. She's like the mom. She sings Where the North Wind Meets the Sea. 
The fact that you know that is so niche. Well, I watched The Making of Frozen 2, so that's why. It was on Disney+. Plus. It was actually a great, it was better than the movie, that's for fucking sure. You are the biggest Disney kid I know. Dude, I'm not even. Don't be a dumb bitch. <laughs> I'm literally not. Like, that's fucked up. You have a Disney sweatshirt, and you went to and? Disneyland. <laughs> Sorry, I just feel like you were, you were always watching Disney when we lived together. Yeah, because... You have I, a stitch, a stuffed animal of stitch that you sleep with. Well, James worked at Disney. Hello. And you dated some... You're, you dated someone. You're dating <laughs> someone that worked at Disney, so you're a Disney kid. No, but Disney does revert me to a childlike state, which does bring me comfort and joy. (laughs) Which means that you are a Disney kid. No, but whatever. Let's just fucking move on. (laughs) So basically, Gossip Girl can't be worse than Frozen 2 is what I'm getting. Gossip Girl reboot is to Gossip Girl OG. As Frozen 2 is to Frozen 1. That's my prediction. And we'll okay. we'll follow up in the future. Okay. Love that yeah. for us. All right. If you <laughs> if you made it through all that, we have reached our third story, third and final story of the day, which is Balloon Girl TikTok. And we're excited okay. for this one. Yep. <clears throat> so because Audrey and I are on the cusp of Gen Z and Millennials, we truly do have an obligation to keep you guys in the loop on all things TikTok drama. And we are excited to announce that we have another TikToker and business to add to the wrong side where they will be joining Hair by Chrissy. So there's an account called That Balloon Girl where basically she posts these balloon creations that she makes for her business in Houston. And people kept commenting, asking about her prices when she first started. So then she started including them with her videos and that is where the controversy starts. So a couple weeks ago, she posted her process of creating this giant letter H made out of balloons and explained that she charges $300 for that piece. So that video racked up 25 million views and thousands of hate comments coming for this girl's wig about her pricing. So ever since, her posts have just been full of comments from people accusing her of overcharging and scamming her customers. And Balloon Girl decided to start addressing the comments head on, which just made things even worse because she is not exactly, uh, how do I say this, the most positive person. On one post, she challenged people to try to recreate her $300 balloon mosaics at home, saying, quote, if you can go to Party City and spend $5 on balloons and replicate this, please do at me. And the best part is that people did. <laughs> and they succeeded. So that sort of backfired on her. But before we get into the newest update on this drama of today, let's first just discuss what our initial thoughts are when this TikTok initially popped off. Yeah, and I'm curious because I'm, I wonder if you and I are on the same page. I mean, I'll just put it out there and say that she's horrible. okay no agreed agreed so here's the thing okay so she this h in question the letter h um that's made out of balloons in this original tiktok it's probably like five feet tall and maybe like a foot in depth and (laughs) she pays for supplies and you know this is a business and it's a luxury business right like totally it's like getting eyelash extensions 
you don't need it, but if you can afford it, why not? And so my true feelings are, and a lot of the people in the comments of the TikTok too were like, dude, it's really not the pricing, but it was more like the voiceover of that specific video. Like she was like basically saying, if you think you can do it better then be my guest, like kind of sassy about it. And so people are like, dude, do you on the pricing, but the attitude is not it. So we're two young women and I'm, I'm going to come at this with a feminist lens. You know, was she being really, was she having an attitude or was she getting like an enormous amount of hate for something that really wasn't that, you know, big. And so was she probably struggling with that a little bit and trying to fluff it up, you know, for the, for the views and just to kind of let go of some of the anger that she probably felt with being shot on. But, you know, I agree. Her, her tone wasn't great in that original TikTok. But do we agree? Like, what do you feel about the pricing? Is that the problem for you or is it the tone? No, it's 100% the tone. I mean, would I ever pay that kind of money that she charges for what she delivers? No. But my thing is that there are certain businesses and industries where people charge a shit ton of money because their clients are filthy rich people. And that's okay. Like, know your target. Know your audience. And if you have people people paying for that shit, if you're paying your rent and paying your bills and people are, and you have a like consistent stream of revenue, why the fuck not? You, you charge your $300. I don't care. So initially, like after that video, I kind of just thought it was funny. Like I understood. Yeah, she was sassy, but it took on a life of its own. It truly grew to a magnitude that I could not have expected when that, when that video first showed up on my for you page. And what ensued was like, probably it was just kind of a trend of like shitting on people called her balloon girl you would like see little mentions of her in other videos that had nothing to do with it, kind of shitting on her. So I understand kind of how that can maybe take a toll because it's like, what did I do wrong? You know what I mean? But then she kind of started to double down a little bit. And I'm just saying this because I was on her side. Like I was like, why is everybody shitting on her so bad? This seems, this seems extra. But then she keeps posting and like every single post is like, it's worse you haters, like, blah, 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 and it's just bad. The reason that I mentioned the feminist thing is, like, it just begs the question, you know, if this were a man, would we be, you know, making these comments about her attitude and stuff? And I don't know. I'm not, that's not a rhetorical question. I actually don't know. I'm not trying to say that it's, like, a feminist issue. I'm just, I'm just putting the question out there. You know, like, when we're tone policing women, is that the same level at which we would do it for a man? So just putting it mm-hmm. out there. In this particular case, I truly do think it would be the same. And I totally, I appreciate you calling that out because it is something that people need to take into consideration. But when we play this clip, like, her attitude is legit horrible. Like, if if it was just her, you know, trying to stick up for herself and maybe her tone was off, or if people were attacking that, then I might be a little more willing to take a step back and and look at it in a different lens. But she literally treats her followers horribly. Like, I just, I'll let you play a clip. I don't know. That's just my two cents. I'm um, finding it right now because this clip actually came up on my For You page this morning. When I first saw it, it had 200, or no, when I first saw it, it had like 10,000 views because it was posted this morning now it has 225,000 views and this is what she says here's the thing you know if you're broke 
Just say that. Don't be mad at me for charging people for my time, materials, and efforts. And she's drinking a glass of wine, which is fine. I'm all power to her. I'm just wondering if this is going to be a regrettable post. And it just, it just basically is like, she just kind of said, you know, stop being poor. And I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't support that. No, and you know it's bad when James Charles comments, and he did, and he commented and said, yikes, girl, da da dot, not calling people broke when they can't justify spending a lot of money on balloons, da da dot, everyone has different expenses, this is so ugly. Yeah, and then that was uncomfortable too, because then she clapped back, and it was just like, so basically what I'm trying to say is like, at first I was on her side, and then... After that thing I saw today, I was like, no, I'm done. I'm not being on your side anymore because that was rude and kind of classist and kind of not okay. So yeah, she's on the wrong side. Basically, to recap, balloon girl equals wrong side. If you ever want, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen any of her TikToks or any of these comments, you do need to take a deep dive. The comments on her videos are so iconic low-key they're a little horrible I mean I it would definitely get to me if I were in her shoes but there was one where she charged I think like $500 for a number 11 filled with balloons for this girl's birthday and I think the top comment was those balloons look like they're on antidepressants (laughs) and I was like I was speechless like the the power of TikTok but also she now has, I don't know what her starting stats were, but she has 250,000 fo- 250, followers on TikTok. And her Instagram for her business has 35,000 followers. And they definitely didn't have that. And they're good. Like, they're good quality. They look fucking good. And they're huge. And they look good. Part of me, I mean, she's clearly milking it for all she can do. Like, I'm pretty sure she posted this TikTok with the her I don't speak poor TikTok it because she was like not in the news anymore and she needed like a little boost. She has a highlight on her Instagram called Balloon Gate. She links to a BuzzFeed article about this whole drama in her TikTok uh, bio. So that's the kind of part of me where I'm like, okay, so you're being shitty and like putting out shitty vibes. So you can like make money. You know, the hustle is there and I'm here for it. But also like, are you making the world a better place? I don't know. Uh, one quick take. I disagree with you that her creations are amazing. It bothers me so much that she never completes the full arch of balloons. I think it's like, it's like asymmetrical. And she does, here's what this arch looks incredible. Like, maybe I'm just not, the balloons just don't do it for me. I don't think balloons are, okay, there's one video where she, and she's like, I think the caption is, imagine waking up to this every day. It's just pink balloons on a girl's ceiling. They're not even like taped or tied together. They're all just loose balloons. I mean, balloons are just so fun. They look so good. I mean- I don't think so. I don't know. I understand. Like, we don't have to agree because this isn't, you know, you know, we're not changing lives here with with this opinion. I just, (laughs) I do think that, and also balloons are fucking expensive. Like, have you ever had to be the one to get the 21er balloons for your friend? And you have to fucking oh. buy a two and a one, and the two is $10, and the one is $10, and then all of the tiny ones are $2 a piece, and then they're 50 cents a piece to get them all blown up, and then you walk out with, like, 10 balloons and a two and a one, and you spent, like, $35. Yeah. 
and you try to shove them in the back of your tiny Subaru and they don't fit and then you almost get in a car crash because you can't see out your back window and and then just... two of them pop and then you lose four dollars and fifty cents and then you and have, then to, go you have back. to go back and yeah. then you're late to the pregame and then you also like contributed to like plastic waste and like turtles you know being suffocated in the ocean and then you just kind of have to sit there and think and about their death is on you and, yeah and you have to live with that for the, for the rest of your life yeah, and you take that to your grave, and you never, you never forget, and it, and it haunts you. And and then they put a turtle on your tombstone. Yeah, to remind you, to haunt you. Yeah. And then you rot in hell. hell. <laughs> that went on far too long. Uh, but anyways, long story short, I mean, balloons are expensive, and helium's expensive. There's actually a national helium shortage. I don't know if you knew that. How do you know that? I knew that. I just did. <laughs> I'm learning so much about you today, from Frozen 2 to helium shortage. Yeah, my mind. What is it? What is that Patrick Star quote? My, the, the, fuck, the inner mechanisms of my mind are an enigma or something like that. What? I Google it and you have it nailed down word for inner word. Inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. <laughs> All right, well, this has been a fun one, Emily. My cheeks hurt from laughing so much. I know. I'm really glad that we were able to recover even after I tripped on the stairs and almost broke my laptop again. Yeah. Oh my god. That would have been hilarious. It just feels good to be back. I hope everybody is enjoying this episode. It felt weird taking last week off, but it was just necessary. It was needed. We all needed a recharge. We needed more things to talk about, and I do feel refreshed, and I hope you guys enjoy this epi- as I just want to continue to plug our Instagram. If you are a listener and not following our Instagram, I highly recommend you come through. We are trying to get to 200 followers by the end of the year, which I know sounds kind of sad because 200 followers is just so like 2014, but <laughs> you have to start somewhere. So if you want to come follow us, um, our Instagram handle is the wrong side podcast. And Emily and I try to do daily updates on what's happening in pop culture. You can DM us at any time to get our take or to request a topic or anything you'd like. We love getting messages. I absolutely love seeing the message um, request thingy on our Instagram. So come through. It's a fun, pleasure, blast, joyful time. At the I was going to add to that, but I don't even think I need to. No, so I don't think so either. I'm going to go follow right now. Me too. I'm going to go make five burner accounts and follow. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. And we will talk to you next time. Bye.